Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Batch Chat. Today, we'll be talking about the Women Tell All episode of Matt's Bachelor season. Yeah, so we had a Women Tell All special on Monday. And let me just go ahead and say it. Like, it was freaking boring. It was so boring. And I I was kind of excited for it. I'm not going to lie. Like, I think I even said that last week. I was excited for this. I thought it was going to be so good. I feel like I felt like the girls were going to go for it, but I feel like they got so much hate that they were just kind of like, mm, let me just be good, basically. But so, yeah, this is going to be a drag to recap, honestly, just because I'm recapping the season, I feel like, all over again. But yeah, let's just get through it. <laughs> so, as always, of course, we've got Chris Harrison there welcome, welcoming us. To the season Women Tell All special. But underneath him are the words previously recorded on February 4th, 2021. Of course, this is because of all of the controversy with Chris Harrison. So it's kind of like ABC making it clear, you know, he doesn't have his job back just yet. It's not like we're ignoring this. This happened before the whole Rachel Lindsay um, interview happened. So that was our first um, look at Women Tell All. The episode starts off with the girls sharing some of the first impressions of the first night, some first impressions of Matt. And we then get a montage of basically all of the drama this season. And that's that's when I realized, oh, Sarah's not there? Like, Sarah didn't show up for Women Tell All? Which I know, I maybe <laughs> it might be different because of COVID, but I feel like, isn't it like in their contract that they have to show up for Women Tell All? I mean, I just expected Sarah to be there. And I feel like it has to be in their contract. Like, imagine somebody like Victoria saying, um, no, I'm not going to go to Women Tell All. Like, someone like Victoria needs to be there. So I feel like to play it safe, they have to put that in everybody's contract. Like, if you're asked to come to Women Tell All, you should be there. So I truly expected Sarah to be there. I honestly kind of forgot she existed, but she did make up some of the um monta the drama slideshow monta montage that they showed. So I was surprised that she wasn't there. But after they show the montage, they rehash the Jasenia and MJ drama. I mean, just completely bored. It was boring drama to begin with, and for them to just recap it again, it's like, oh my gosh, are we really doing this? But Jasenia is mostly just upset that MJ never owned up to it. And MJ says that is incorrect, that she actually did own up to it, and she apologized for it. So Mari has to interject. She just has to interject on something that has nothing to do with her and doesn't apply to her. But she says that she hated seeing Jasenia call MJ fake because as her roommate, she spent the most time with her and she knows that she's not fake. In the end, Justenia basically just says that she has no regrets in bringing it to Matt's attention. I mean, just stupid drama, stupid boring drama, honestly, all over again. I must say, Mari was playing up, I feel like not so many girls played up the whole Bachelor in Paradise, um, their audition. But I feel like Mari was definitely the one that she's like, I'm going to interject and I'm going to make sure everybody knows I am here. <laughs> but I feel like that's the only... She's the only girl I got that vibe from. I think everybody's just kind of scared. <laughs> but anyways, 
they then move on to discuss the arrival of the new girls, the five new girls that arrived like later on in the season. Ryan is saying that it was very awkward. She brings up the moment when Victoria took off Catalina's crown. Catalina was also not a woman tell all, I must point out. Chris asks Mari, how was it in the house with Victoria? Mari says that she saw different sides of Victoria. There was a side of her that the that was a girl's girl and she was funny and she was making jokes. But there is another side of her where she's calling other women slores and she's calling them disgusting and that's just not okay in any circumstance. So I feel like we all knew this. We got to see glimpses of Victoria surrounded by other girls. It's almost like the girls actually liked her and we didn't understand it because we didn't get to see any of that behind the scenes. But I mean, like she said, it seems like there was two sides, um, a friendly, funny all-around nice gal and then there was the bullying victoria or the crazy victoria as i like as i i think of her <laughs> but anyways ryan goes back to talking about how it was hard seeing victoria call her a hoe on national television in which victoria victoria is just totally gaslighting uh what's her name? ryan she's just completely gaslighting her and she replies, um, do you think you're just kind of like a sensitive person? And she kind of compares it to herself, saying how there's all these memes about her on the internet, how just people are being so mean to her overall, and she's able to brush it off. So, like, why isn't Ryan able to brush this off and just keeps asking her, like, do you think you're just like a sensitive person? Which she should have, I mean, even if she is a sensitive person, like, you're allowed to be upset if somebody is calling you a hoe on national television without knowing you. She only called her a hoe because Ryan's a dancer, which is completely crazy. Victoria's completely crazy. I think she's she's just an idiot. I literally, <laughs> no other words for her. She's insane. But they then move on to Katie's confrontation on Victoria. Katie feels hurt seeing that Victoria called her disgusting over and over again. Victoria apologizes and Katie accepts her apology. While apologizing, Victoria brings up how they're all facing backlash for stuff that happened during the show. But that name calling was just kind of not, she doesn't see that as acceptable. Katie then kind of, oh, I feel like Katie fucked up on this part, really. She kind of said, yes, I know we're all facing backlash, but that's kind of your own karma. And basically, like, nobody forced them to say anything. They needed to take responsibi responsibility on how they acted, which I completely agree on that part. Chelsea then chimes in and says that she doesn't agree. And she also says that the house wasn't toxic until Katie made it toxic. I don't know. I did not like Chelsea this episode. I really didn't. I went the whole season without, with, I mean, thinking, oh, Chelsea's great. I like Chelsea. And then she speaks about women to all. Actually, no, there was a part. I forget what part it was during the season, but there was a part where I was like, Chelsea. But during women to all, I did not like her. She really rubbed me the wrong way. She was acting kind of defensive. It's almost as if Katie had like singled her out. But she definitely didn't. And then the rest of the girls are surprisingly also against Katie, saying that the drama she brought up with Matt had nothing to do with her relationship, so she shouldn't have brought it up. And that all she wanted to do was start a fire. I was just, I was very shocked. After being so mean all season, I feel like the rest of the ladies 
should have taken ownership and not blame Katie for everything. Like, do I think Katie should have minded her business a little bit more? Yes, I completely get that. I totally get that. Maybe there, somebody said, you should have brought this up with the girls. There should have been an open dialogue within the girls. I don't know why you ran to Matt. I completely understand. But also, it's like the girls are trying to say, it's almost like they're trying to take the attention away from what they did or what they said and blame it completely on Katie and the whole, the house was a mess and toxic because Katie made it toxic and not because they were saying and doing mean things. Like, no, that's not the case. So, I don't know. I just really didn't like them all being anti-Katie, basically. But there's that. So, next up, Brittany joins Chris in the hot seat. Of course, they talk about the escort I said that weird. Escort. <laughs> I can't say that word. They talk about the rumor. Uh, it's how it's been tough for her after the show. You know, she couldn't really talk to her family after the show. I mean, it has to be tough. Like, you know what's coming. You know what's going to be on TV about you. And your family's going to watch it. And they're probably so excited to see you on TV. And then your time on TV is revolved around all of this. I don't know. Like, I think about it personally. And I'm just like. Imagine I leave my home to go on this show. I mean, I assume your family's like excited for you. You come back and you're upset and then they see you on TV and they know, oh, that's why she was upset. Like it it has to be tough for her. So she talks about that. She talks about how like this has basically in a sense sort of taken over her her life when you google her all these fake accusations take up like the first 20 results accusations is the wrong word but like these false rumors and claims you know they just take up the first 20 results like no matter what you do like her google searches are always going to be that and have to do with that and she also brings up how anna did not reach out to her until basically now so they had all that time after they both went home and anna did not reach out to her Anna takes complete responsibility, as she should, saying that nothing she could say could justify what she did, what she did and said. And after watching everything, she's even more sorry and that this whole thing really just, I think somebody said like, well, why did you do it? You know, she says the whole thing really just kind of stemmed from her own insecurity. There was really no motive for her saying and doing all of that. But in the end, Brittany accepts her apology. So I have heard different podcasts and I think I saw some general reactions on Twitter. People were really upset with Anna's apology. I I happen to think Anna's apology was pretty sincere. Now, do I think she should have reached out previously? Yes, I think it probably hurt Brittany a lot more that she did not hear from Anna after all of that, I think that would have been helpful into them mending things. I mean, they, they're probably not going to be the best of friends or anything. But, yeah, I think her apology was sincere. I feel like she is definitely sorry for what she said. She, sh But she should have also reached out. I completely agree. But I think her apology was good. Like, she did not try to sidetrack or anything Blame it onto something else. Like, no. She did bring up 
Like, somebody asked her about the messages. She's like, oh, no, yeah, people were definitely messaging me. Like, people that went to school with her and people that know her and her ex-boyfriends and stuff. Well, I'm sure those people don't have the nicest thing to say about an ex-girlfriend. I mean, that's not always the case. But you might expect that from an ex-boyfriend. And everything that people are DMing you are not always going to be true. And so the fact that she just went and said it on national television is just insane. Um, enough about that. Wait, no, no, actually not enough about that. Should we expect to see Anna on Paradise? I don't know. I have been thinking about this so much. I feel like they, of course, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think what she did kind of rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. So they don't want to give, you know, like the bullies a platform anymore. Now, I think they'll try to get Britney on Paradise, but I the show has kind of, you know, ruined her life a little bit. So I don't know if she would even consider that at this point anymore. I'd love to see her on Paradise. I think she'd be great. I think we need to get to know her a little bit better. And I'd love to see more of her because this rumor just completely took over her whole character, if you must, on the show. And we didn't get to know her a lot. So I would, I, I would like to see Britney on Paradise. Anna, not so much, but we'll see how how that works out for, for us. So, later on, it turns out Bachelor producers didn't air some of the most fun dates of the season. So, I guess, you know, there was times where they would they would open the date card they would go get ready for the dates and then we would only get to see the cocktail party and we I didn't know if either the cocktail party was the only part of the date they were getting or are we just not seeing the daytime portion of the date so it turns out there were daytime portions of the dates we just didn't get to see them so they showed some um footage of the girls playing hide and seek then they were like scarfing down pancakes and chugging beer. They were sticking their hands in boxes full of worms and crickets. And they were eating raw eggs. I mean, they really, I, I thought it was premium content they really deprived us from. But I guess at least we got to see some of them. So next in the hot seat is Katie. They showed like this two minutes of her journey there almost making it seem it was just so weird it was like they were trying to make it seem like she was a front runner all along because it's not like they showed her time at the show really like they didn't show footage of katie like sticking up for the girls or being there for the girls or talking to matt or anything they were just showing her relationship with matt and how heartbroken she was at the end and she even tears up once it's, like, all over and she starts speaking. Chris then asks her where she is now. She talks about being 30 now, which I did not know Katie was 30. I don't know how old I thought she was. I thought maybe, like, 25, 26, but not 30. Uh, so she talks about being 30 now and how, you know, she wonders why she's still single. But she has to remain per- hopeful that her person is still out there. Chris asks her if she knows what she wants now. She says, definitely, you know, this thing has really changed her a lot. She really loves herself now. This entire part was part of their Katie for Bachelorette campaign. (laughs) Like, she was just up there and they, I don't know. I just, I don't see it. I somehow just cannot envision her as the lead. 
if it is Katie, because there's there's just always rumors about Katie being Bachelorette, this kind of set it up, her interview with Chris. I can't say I won't watch. Will I be too excited about it? Probably not. But yeah. So next in the hot seat was Abigail. Abigail said that the first night was the closest thing to love at first sight that she has ever felt. She definitely felt a connection with Matt. And even though she never got that one-on-one date, she did feel comfortable with Matt meeting her parents. So I guess she wouldn't have even... If Matt hadn't sent her home, she would have been okay with Matt meeting her parents without them getting that much more time together. Which, wow. (laughs) But um, they ended off with her talking about her impact on the deaf community with a capital D. I thought that was important of her to speak about. So next on the hot seat was Piper. She talks about how she told Matt that she was falling in love with him. But at that point... She was definitely already in love with him. And honestly, there was nothing else important really said. She blames herself on kind of hyper-focusing on the relationship, on her relationship with Matt. That she wasn't really looking at his other relationships. And I feel like looking back, she probably was like, oh, it's so obvious. Like, it was not me. I feel like a lot of girls actually said that. That they hyper-focused so much on their relationship that they didn't even, like, realize how much farther along or how much better their connection was like other girls with mats basically so yeah i mean nothing we didn't know before i feel like we all knew piper wasn't gonna be the one at the end but i guess she did and a bunch of other girls did but lastly in the hot seat was serena p of course we all remember serena p broke up with matt last week she sent herself home after hometowns and after they show, you know, like the whole, all the clips of their relationship, she starts tearing up. It was her first time watching the breakup, and she starts refeeling everything all over again. Chris said that everything, everything seems to change once her family met Matt, and she said she went in there confident, like meeting her family. She, sorry. <laughs> When she went to go meet her family, she was very confident in her relationship with Matt. And it was kind of like she was just waiting for that one thing. Okay, Car. Um, She was just kind of waiting for her family to reaffirm all of her feelings. And, I mean, they just didn't. They knew something was missing. And it made her just rethink everything. Chris asks her if she regrets leaving. Basically, she says no saying that she would have been doing him a disservice if she stayed, knowing that she just wasn't it. He wasn't it for her. So next up, everybody's ex-boyfriend, Matt, shows up with a new look. He has, like, this massive beard. It's not like he even grew it out a little bit. He completely grew it out. He Even Piper was like, James Harden is in the building, which is very accurate, actually. Hilarious and very accurate. They discuss the drama in the house. Chris kind of asks him, you know, you didn't get to see most of it, but were you surprised with how much drama was in the house? And he said, yeah, he was mostly surprised, but he always knew there was going to be some drama. He knew that it would stem, you know, just from the fact that there was so many of these girls dating the same guy. 
he knew that there was going to be drama to begin with, but he was overall surprised that there was so much drama. But then he says that he's not a perfect person. He knows that they're not bad people. He knows their hearts. So he's not going to sit up there up there and judge them. Victoria then addresses him. She's grateful for the experience. But watching back, she was hurt when she left. Matt had said stuff like she needs to self-reflect and that he had no words for her. I actually, I, I want to say... Like, once Victoria stormed off at the rose ceremony when he didn't give her a rose and she she didn't even give him a hug, he did, I want to think he did say something like, okay, no words for that or something like that. But it wasn't like, I guess because we're not all Victoria, but it didn't like spark anything in my mind. Like, I didn't really like mind it. I was just kind of like, okay, Victoria's finally gone. But so, yeah. So she says that she was very hurt by those words. She explains that she had opened up a lot during this process and she just has this fear of rejection. So she, of course, was going through a lot that night, which is okay, but you need to realize you acted like a brat that night and I don't think anybody can blame him for saying those things when you were acting like that. I don't think he really, like, apologizes, but he does say that he has nothing but good things to say about her so chris of course teases him about kissing with his eyes open (laughs) they show this whole montage of him kissing with his eyes open he says that he didn't know like before this whole thing he didn't know that opening your eyes while kissing was a no-no basically but watching back he can see how that's weird and some of the girls actually opened up about You know, they were, like, kissing Matt or whatever, and they kind of take a peek. They open their eyes a little bit, and they're shocked to see Matt staring right back at them, which I thought was funny to, like, poke a little fun at it. Matt also speaks to Serena, saying that their breakup was hard for him, but he appreciates her being honest. I think there is still so much feelings there. I just think there's still a little something there. He still, still, he still feels a little something for Serena. Just even the way wherever I think Chris said something like, do you have anything to say to Serena? And he's just like, hi. <laughs> like he still has such a crush on her. Which I feel like it's so obvious now. But we went this whole season and I didn't think it was obvious. I mean, even Chris said that he really thought she was the winner for a long time which is insane to me. But of course, we end off with the best part of the Women Tell All shows every season, the bloopers. These were so funny. You guys have no idea how many times I replayed. (laughs) Like, even thinking about it, it's so funny. Matt falling while he was skateboarding in front of Kit. (laughs) It's because I feel like she was just hyping him up so much. She was like, yeah, skateboarding in the rain. And then he just completely wipes out. It was, I just thought it was so funny. Like, I could not stop laughing. I kept replaying it. But yeah, best part of the show, the bloopers. Also, I'm so upset. They showed bloopers. And we got to see that there was some footage of JoJo, Taisha, and Matt. They were, like, eating hot wings and... I'm assuming because they already showed it in the bloopers, it's not in, like, episode to come. So, like, they really just completely cut it out. 
So it's not like we're going to get to see it. I mean, I guess it, we should, we, da, 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 da. I guess we got to see a little bit of it. But oh, I just think that's so annoying. I love JoJo. Like, how are you going to cut off two of our best bachelorettes? But, oh, I actually have another note on Women Tell All. But there's like a rumor about that. So I'm just going to go ahead and jump into Bachelor news. All right, Bachelor news. Let me just go ahead and... Okay, we're fresh off of Women Tell All. Guys, Heather Martin was at Women Tell All and they completely cut her out of it. I mean, there is a chance that she was just completely boring and they're like, there's no chance in like airing this, I guess. Or maybe the girls were really mean to her again and they didn't want any more like bullying backlash. I don't know. But they didn't show her. And I'm everybody is saying Heather was there. I don't think Heather has like said anything about it. But there was like one point wherever they showed the back of their heads. It was probably like after a commercial or something. And Heather was sitting in the very top corner next to Kit. It was it was just hard to miss. It was Heather's long blonde hair. And I did notice that whenever they would show the girls as a whole, like, they would cut off, like, right where Heather would have been. So it's almost like uh, they obviously wanted to pretend that Heather was never there. She never showed up to women till all. She was not there. They did not talk about her. Now, why would that be? There might be a reason why. (laughs) So this past week, Matt posted something on Instagram stories And he was in San Clemente, California. I don't know exactly where that is. But, you know, it was very precise. He was at San Clemente, California. I think the picture he posted, he was, like, with two other guys. And I think they were, like, skateboarding or something. Well, I'm pretty sure that same exact day, maybe the next day, but it was, like, all within the same, like, two days, Heather Martin posts a... It was either a picture or video. It was an Instagram story. And she tags her location as San Clemente, California. So, now people are speculating that Matt is no longer with whoever he picks at the end. And that him and Heather are actually now dating. Which would kind of make sense while they're both at the same place. I mean, it's just... I think there's a, a a very big focus on the fact that it's at San Clemente, California, like a, a precise location. Like if it was, you know, L.A., like, okay, everybody's in L.A. Not everybody's in San Clemente, California, you know? So there's a lot of speculation about that, that maybe that's why they cut her off and they're actually going to have her on after the final rose where... They will be talking about their relationship, basically. And that's that. So, let me see what next, what story I want to talk. Okay, next story I want to cover. Rachel Lindsay has deactivated her Instagram account. So, after the whole, you know, Rachel Lindsay, Chris Harrison thing, Rachel Lindsay has gotten a lot of hate and it's honestly completely terrible because Rachel Lindsay was doing her job. 
she was doing her job she is a tv correspondent she was interviewing not really interviewing but just like okay yes <laughs> she was interviewing chris harrison she asked a question and chris harrison is the one who just dug his, dug his hole what was what is the saying like dug his own grave whatever he fucked it up for himself like rachel Lindsay did not have anything to do with that and people want to blame Rachel Lindsay for Chris Harrison stepping down, which is completely insane. It's just absolutely insane. On that note, there I feel like everybody in Bachelor Nation is just getting canceled one after another. I'm not going to go into this a lot just because it really is a lot and i feel like she needs to like completely not be giving any more attention because honestly this was awful so it's uh you probably heard about it taylor nolan <laughs> i know her as tay mocha from instagram she has been very vocal about you know being very educated, being, you know, anytime somebody is, you know, canceled or whatever, she, she is just very like, I don't know how to word this. She has been very open about sticking up for like black people, for, for people with special needs. She's a therapist, all these things, right? I think she was even charging people for like a guide on how to be like anti-racist or something like that point is people were paying her money for some kind of content on anti-racism and she has been very open about it she has been very anti-racism she has honestly she's been doing great work i'm not going to belittle that but she has also critiqued people that have apologized for past racist actions and things basically some tweets from taylor have resurfaced these tweets are 10 years old which makes things a little and eh, like where nobody's the same person they were 10 years ago but these things were extreme the their tweets first of all these things that she said were i mean she was just so hateful like extremely hateful to any type of person she was talking shit about indian people chinese people i think there was something about mexican people i think there was some with black people fat people people with special needs she used the r word i mean there were a lot of tweets and to make matt i mean her tweets were just unacceptable like i i can kind of understand if never mind i'm not gonna go there i just this was just insanely hateful the, to make matters worse she then posts an apology on instagram now I'm, I'm gonna be honest i did not watch it i just i i feel like i cannot even look at her like her tweets are literally disgusting but basically from what i've gathered she was very defensive she was saying that i mean if people are gonna judge me over tweets from 10 years ago go right ahead or stuff like that you know she was kind of trying to belittle what she said which is insane because whenever she 
or whenever somebody else posts an apology, she will, you know, criticize every, critique and criticize every little thing. So there's that. She, she also said that she knew the tweets were there, but they show her growth. And I don't know. It just, it does not make any sense because it was just really disgusting and hateful things. It was, it was disgusting. It really was. Carrying on, she then deleted the video. She deleted the video. She then posted an actual, another apology, which was better. But, like, some people are saying, what's the point now? Like, we all know how you feel, how, you know, we all saw your immediate reaction, and it's not, it was not good, to say the least. So, there's that. I just, honestly, it was, it was gross. It was gross to read those tweets. It was gross to see how she reacted. It was just gross, and I just hope... I hope we never have to see her again. <laughs> but to end it off, we have our new host for the after the row after the final row special for Matt season of The Bachelor. Don't hate me. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but it's Emmanuel Acho. It's spelled A C H O. Acho does. I feel like it's Acho, not Acho, but it could be Acho. But he will um be hosting after the final row, stepping in for Chris Harrison, who is on hiatus from the franchise so i'm excited to see somebody else taking over so this will air on monday march 15th at 10 p.m following the finale of the bachelor so yeah i'm i'm gonna be honest i don't know much about him he has a master's degree in sports psychology from the university of texas and he hosts the popular youtube show uncomfortable conversations with black with a black man he also serves as a Fox Sports analyst and co-host FS1's Speak for Yourself. So congratulations to him. I'm sure this is a an incredible opportunity. Honestly, I'm not going to lie. I saw him and I rolled my eyes. It's almost like it's almost like I feel like it's a very performative um, a very performative step from the Bachelor fan- franchise, but I mean I just hope he does great. I I really hope he does great. I'm excited to see him. Of course, after the final rose, it's not all about the host. It's about, you know, where this couple and these ladies are now. And I'm sure he'll do great. I just, it felt a little performative. I'm like, okay, of course they're going to hire a black guy after everything that's been going on. It, It just felt that way. But there's just been so much going on. That's just, I'm just kind of over it all. <laughs> Whatever. Um. So yeah, that's it. So next week we will get to see the what is it? The fantasy suites dates. Again, another kind of boring episode. Just a lot of repeating. The same thing happens in every every um fantasy suite, basically. So yes, that is it. We will be back next week. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next week. Bye.